this year, as I entered my freshman year of high school, I wasn't working to my full potential and my grades began to slip. Last market period, I was in danger of failing a course, which, like Pastor I said, was a wake-up call for me because I've been an honor, honor roll student as long as I can remember. With the push from my dedicated parents, they helped encourage me to get back on track by basically taking away all my privileges. <laughs> Which is yet another wake-up call. I refocused by getting help from my friends and by meeting with my teachers during lunch and after school. And also, I signed up and attended the Thursday night uh, tutoring sessions here at St. Matthews. But most importantly, I give my recognition to God because he helped keep me going when the going got tough. And I'm happy to report that I ended the marking period off with a B and maintained my status on the honor roll. I'm still a work in progress and I'm learning to be more responsible uh, to work into my full potential. So thank you for listening and God bless. Thank you, Julian Holmes, for sharing that wonderful testimony. Now we will have our spectacular youth praise dancers.
Didn't they do a wonderful job? What a great man of God and leader the Lord Jesus Christ has gave us. The next voice that you hear after the choir will be that of our own. <laughs> I was in the mood too, all right. <laughs> will be that of our own senior pastor, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sear. Here you him.
Church, say amen. Church, say amen again. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We praise you on this youth Sunday for all of our youth, your praise dancers, your choir, your testimonies. We thank God for those that have spoken. We praise you for your goodness, your mercy, and grace. Now, God, move us to your word. Move the preacher out of the way. Convict, convince, and be converted. Do surgery today on our hearts. And if there's anything in us not like you, remove it. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, say amen. Church, say amen again. Let's get the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to thank Dan Spencer and Minister Cleefold, Steve, and all the other participants, our mistress of ceremony. Great job. Great job. Great God. Amen. Um, as you know, we have been working feverishly trying to diverse, uh, diversify at least two of our services a month. and. Uh, both youth and chosen are really, really making major stepping stones. We thank God for it. Very edifying, amen, and very relative. And we thank God for both, amen. Let's give our young people a hand clap. Come on. Praise God. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Today, after we preach, we will have our meal for our discipleship people, discipleship classes, and we do thank God for uh, that part as well. This morning, I want to take you to Jonah, Jonah, J-O-N-A-H, which is between Micah and Amos, or, or excuse me, Obadiah and uh, Micah, Obadiah and Micah. It's one of the minor prophets, one of the 12 minor prophets. The quickest way to get there is go to Matthew and go back to your left. Praise God. Um, uh, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. And we want to challenge your hearts this morning around the word of God. Let me again thank God for our lovely couple from New York and all of our presenters. Perfect peace. Thank God for all of you. Truly, God is an awesome God. When you get the book of Jonah, say amen. Oh, I'm going to preach. Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. <sighs> But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. When our wounds won't go away, when our wounds won't go away, or let me give you a B version to this sermon when our struggle is really with God. 
but our struggle is really with God. Wounded people are powerless to promote an inner peace within themselves. Their characteristics are that they are critical of others. They control their situations, especially the outcomes, and worst of all, they camouflage their historical hurts. The nature of a wounded person, Dr. Bettner, is that they have specialized in hiding themselves within themselves. And these people struggle with the stigma of not accepting their person. Something has happened that has damaged their perception of themselves. And we work a lifetime trying to rebuild what was damaged. Chuck Swindell years ago preached a sermon, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Dr. Swindell said, Humpty was Adam. When Adam fell, man has been trying to put himself back together again. Only to no avail. And when we begin to look at this wounded person, they are dissatisfied with their purposes and they push others down in order to promote themselves. That these people, which I need to say this, all of us are wounded by sin and all of us have been wounded by sin and all of us are still wounded by sin and that's why we need Jesus because only Jesus can heal the sin sick soul. It is in this context that when we begin to look at a wounded person, listen to this now, because this is profound. They put their worth in their work. And anything that would attack their work has now attacked their worth. Mary and Martha were two lovely sisters that followed Jesus, sisters of Lazarus. And 
Martha was a worker, but Martha whined. We appreciate your work, but we can do without the whining. And the reason she whined is because her work was connected to her worth. Whereas Mary sat at Jesus' feet, her worth was the word and not her work. Do I have a witness? And, and wounded people have a hard time separating worth and work. That, that is, you know, I've been here 27 years. I don't care what this ministry does, ebbs and flows, ups and downs. I can never walk away looking at the work here as my worth. My worth is in Jesus. Can I get a witness? I am everything in Christ. Can I get a witness? He is my worth. So when a pastor decides who God put in charge of the church to change a ministry, there are people that actually get upset because their worth is in the work. And they become angry at you. Because you would dare touch what they were doing. I'm preaching that. It doesn't make sense. And these people have been this way all of their lives. They wear their feelings on their sleeves. They frown. They're fractured in their fellowships. They're wounded people who come from bouts with abuse, anger, and severe adversity. Israel was wounded when they came out of Egypt. They had the audacity to tell Moses, why did you bring us out here in the wilderness to die? It was God that brought them out. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and when you begin to look through the word of God, this, these, these wounds, these wounds, these wounds are internal and they're quiet. They don't come out until you are provoked in one of these areas, and, and, and Jonah, 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 Jonah the prophet, the provocative prophet of God, amen, was wounded with resentment. Now let me stop, stop, because you and I as Christians, we got to get hold of this resentment because resentment will grow into bitterness and bitterness will grow into hatred. And hatred will grow into rage. You mess around and look up and you don't allow the Spirit of God to stop it at first base. Do I have a witness? You got, you got married couples that are still upset about something that happened 20 years ago. Do I have a witness? But you've been taking communion for 20 years. You, you've been praying for 20 years. Amen, amen light. So the fact of the matter is, is that Jonah, and, 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 and this thing is so deep because Jonah was this provocative prophet who had a quiet rebellion against God. Against God. These, these wounds were, as Roberta Flack said, killing him softly. And that's, and that's just what will happen to you if you don't let the Lord in. Can I get a witness? Dr. Stanley said that bitterness is wrapping a chain around you 
amen, where you can't get out. Do I have a witness? That because of your history, because of your hurts, because of your hindsight, because of some hindrance, you have allowed the devil to pull up, amen, and cause this separation, amen, and alienation in the fellowship with another person. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and if we just talk to you, you're right. In fact, everything you say is right. I told you this last week. Everybody's smarter than the pastor. Everybody's got insights. Everybody knows what they're doing, but ain't nobody passed up in here. Can I get a witness? They can tell you, they can pinpoint what's not right, what ought to be, da-da-da-da-da-da. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus said, until you walk in another man's shoes, be careful that you don't know it all. I can't tell Kent how to play that organ, but Kent, Kent can't tell me how to pastor. Can I get a witness? Yeah, the fact of the matter is, I'll go over there and make a bunch of noise. Do I have a witness? So the fact of the matter is, when we begin to look at this story of Jonah, amen, uh, it's, it's obvious that uh, uh, we, we're still in the series making sense of the miracles, and there are over 10 miracles in, this, in these four chapters Five present, uh, amen, five times that God would prepare something. Jonah was a minor prophet who prophesied under Jeremiah II, and one of his con uh, contemporaries was Amos the prophet, and he, prophet he prophesied in the north, and he, he prophesied against, listen to this, he had problems with God because God wanted to take the very people he hated, the Ninevites, and God wanted to save him. So he and God didn't agree. Well, who were these Ninevites? I'm glad you asked. They, they were Israel's enemies. They committed catastrophic acts. They would skin people. They would hang people. They would torture. They would set them on fire. Can I get a witness? And in spite of all this mess, God says, I want to show mercy to them. I want to go into this city and I want to save a hundred and 20,000 no good, hell-bound people who are no good, don't mean no good, so I need a preacher. Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh and preach, cry out to these people. Amen, the word of God. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and child of God, as you, as you look at this story, and I'm going to move as expeditiously as possible, because in the first chapter, Jonah was swallowed by a resentment against God's will. Now, let me stop. How many of you have struggled or are struggling with resentment? Raise your hand. You got some resentment. You ain't got to raise your hand. Could be on your job. Could be in your home. Could be in the church. Jonah was swallowed by a resentment against God's will. Now, chapter 1, verse 1, come on, look. The word of the Lord came. How it came, we don't know when it came. We don't know uh, by what means it came. We don't know. Unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, get up. Go to Nineveh, that great 
city, 120, 160,000 people, and cry against it. Preach the word, for their wickedness has come up before me. How many pastors and preachers are going to be in trouble? Because they won't preach against the cry of sin. They will not touch sin. They will not mention sin. That you can come into God's house and not even hear a sermon on sin. That if I'm shacking or if I'm in a self-same or self-same sex relationship, y'all get quiet all you want, I'm going to preach. Or if I'm stealing or if I'm cheating or if I'm lying or if I'm living in adultery, then I can come to St. Matthew's and I will not feel uncomfortable. Because ain't no word going forth. Can I get a witness? He, he said cry against that city. But verse 3 says, but Jonah went in the opposite direction to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now let me stop and part. How do you run from God? Some of y'all running and your feet ain't moving. See, so you're running in your commitments or lack of commitments. You're running in your lack of service. You're running in your lukewarmness. Oh, I'm going to preach. You're running because you got a problem with authority. You don't handle adversity. And you allow your past abuses to dictate your attitudes. He, uh, he had a quiet resentment, fractured feelings, against the will of God. Mm. I, I can't figure this out. If God is everywhere at the same time, how do you run from God? Psalm 139 said, Green, if I make my bed in hell, he's there. If I fly on the wings of the morning to glory, he's there. Wherever I go, I can't outrun God. Can I get a witness? Whatever I do, I can't outthink God. So this resentment, verse 3, he went to Tarshish. The boy bought a ticket, found a ship, paid his fare, and had a nerve to go down in the, in the bottom of the ship and go to sleep. And when you're out of fellowship, you can sleep deep. You can sleep and not be bothered. Can I get a witness? But we're going to look at the first thing that God prepared. <laughs> Verse 4, but the Lord prepared, sent out a great wind into the sea. Young people, listen, there was a mighty tempest in the sea. So that the ship was like to be broken. Let me, let me stop starting part. Let me, let me challenge the youth. I want y'all to stand while I'm preaching this. Just stand on this one point, not the whole sermon. 
God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man or woman sows is what you're going to reap. Now, y'all can sit down. Whatever you do, whatever you plant in the ground is what's coming back at you. You can't plant apples and get oranges. You can't plant sin and get blessings. You can't plant defiance and get God's favor. Whatever you do in life, the law of the harvest dictates that's what's coming back. So at your age, it's good what you're doing. You're planting seeds of worship. You're planting seeds of service. You're planting seeds of sanctification. And keep your purity because God will bring back to you blessings. Do I have a witness? The Lord raised up this storm. Mm, A great wind. And this wind was designed to hinder his hiding. Can't God find us? Can't, Can't the Lord find you when you out of fellowship? Can't the Lord locate you without turning on a GPS? Can't, can't, can't the Lord come and get you when he needs to get you? Are you praying with me? So, so verse 4, he prepared a great wind, but verse 6 to 10, here, here, here's what's troubling about this text. All these Gentiles was on the same ship. They didn't know Jonah, but they was willing to fight and protect him. So when God sent the wind, the ship started shaking. Love boat. And they vowed with their lives that they would not forsake Jonah. They would help him out. Here's the principle here. When you resent and run from the will of God and God starts sending stuff after you, you automatically involve the ones closest to you and you bring them in harm's way. Yeah. Yeah. Your rebellion can cause God to send a wind that will affect your children. It's right here in the text. Everybody on that ship was in danger because of one man. So Jonah, you know, Jonah, Jonah, and look, you got to give Jonah credit. Jonah said, look, the men said, we don't know what's going on. We are trained sailors. We've never seen anything like this before. Jonah said, I know what it is. It's me. Throw me overboard. And the ship will come to a calm. Now let's let's give him credit for that, because there have been some of us. It ain't, it ain't me. <laughs> All y'all need to jump over. See, our sin affects our discernment, our direction, and our decisions. My God. 
Mm. Look at verse 11. Then they said unto him, what shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. Verse 12, he said, take me up. Now let's, let's stop. Let's, can we just pause? This is great stuff, isn't it? This is therapeutic. Pastor, it's not my wife. Take me up. Throw me overboard. Pastor's not my husband. Take me up. Throw me overboard. At least he had the humility to identify his resentments and rebellion with God. So Jonah was swallowed by his resentments. And all of us struggle with resentments. Resentments is easy to come by. Somebody can say something to you the wrong way, do something against you. Whole lot of people that got divorced are still resenting each other. Yeah. We resent God when death takes place in our family. There's five stages, amen, that we must move through uh, in, in, in death and, and in grief. We, you know, there's anger, there's hurt, there's guilt, you know, blame. And the last step of death is acceptance. And it's not to you accept that God is sovereign and he can do what he wants to do that you cannot even pass through the grief of death. Are y'all getting this? See, this is where the doctrine comes in. Thank God you in a church that teaches and rightly divides the word. Can I get a witness? The fact of the matter is, because of the word, I know that God said, I am the potter and you are the clay. I will make you, shape you, break you, mold you the way I want you to be. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and last time I checked, the clay can't talk back to the potter. Isn't that right? I, and, you know, I had clay up here in the pulpit. What happened to my clay? Clay is that the potter can make, shape, mold it, stretch it, break it, tear it, throw it back together, and start all over again. God doesn't need your approval, nor my approval, how he sovereignly makes us. He was swallowed, but secondly, he was submerged with a refusal to do God's word. I'm not doing it. Some of us are strong with Aren't we strong with No. Not going to do it. Like the little boy in the back of the car. His mother said, sit down in that chair and put that seatbelt on. And the boy was standing up and the mother said, sit down. Took the belt and hit him and the boy sat down. But in his mind, he was still standing up. <laughs> That's how ridiculous some of us are. I'm still going to stand up. I don't care what he's saying. So do my thing. We don't preach abuse, but the, <laughs> the, the, pro, the problem with that is you haven't been hit hard enough. <laughs> when you get a real whooping, your will buckles. How many of y'all had your will buckle? 
your parents said something, and then when that strap or ironing cord or broomstick or shoe, oh Lord, when that thing hit you hard enough, your will said, can I get a witness? Lord, have mercy. I call myself at 13 and a half. Young people, listen to this. I call myself running away from home. Because my mother, she was coming down hard on me. I said, I'm tired of this. Now, I'm living in South Philly, so I went to the back, jumped over the fence, and ran through the alley. She said, get back here. And I said, I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. See, I had been watching too much television. <laughs> I forgot I was in the hood. I forgot I had parents that were crazy. I didn't have Ozzy and Harriet. <laughs> Leave it to Beaver. Can I get a witness? So my oldest brother caught me. He caught me on 25th Dickinson. He, he had my arm. They brought me back. So when he brought me back, my mother, she said, she walked up to me and I, you know, on, on Leave it to Beaver, see, they, they hug you. And <laughs> they say, I'm sorry. She grabbed me around my neck. So my aunt said, you killing them? She said, I know. Do you know I never tried to run away from home again? Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Mom. Love you. Look at the second thing that God prepared for Jonah, verse, chapter 1, verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared what? A great fish. Now turn to your neighbor and say, there are five preparations by God. This is the second one. He now, first he prepared a wind. Now he prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 12, Luke 11, when the Pharisees said, give us a sign. He said, I'm not giving you a sign, only the sign of Jonah. He authenticates Jonah, who was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so much the son of man be in the belly of the shield, the earth, three days and three nights. But what's, what's, what's the moral here? That God can prepare something to pick you up. Could be a sickness. Could be a money issue. Could be your children. He, he can, he can, when did God program this fish? Before the foundation of the world. God is not in heaven giving moment-by-moment instructions because he's eternal. So this whale, whether it was a killer whale, blue whale, whether this orca whale, this, this whale was out in the ocean playing with his friends. And then he said, guys, I got to leave because I got an assignment from Yahweh. I got a pickup to make. Do I have a witness? And that whale went through the waters and was looking only for Jonah. And he picked him up 
Didn't he pick him up? Some of y'all got picked up by a great whale. Yeah, some of y'all got picked up when you refused to do the will of God. Some of y'all got picked up when you put your fist in God's face telling him what you weren't going to do. Can I get a witness here? This fish picked him up. And I love what the Bible says. It wasn't until the fish picked him up. Chapter 2, verse 1, Jonah starts praying. (laughs) You, You know when we start praying? When a programmed fish from glory picks us up. And we don't pray like them old traditional deacons. Oh, great ecclesiastical God who sits high on an ivory throne in glory. You ain't praying like that, Doc. You said, Jesus, help me. Come down. I'm in trouble. The best prayer warriors are people that have been through hell. See, they know how to pray. Can I get a witness? You're not trying to impress God. You're not trying to impress people. You you praying, God. Lord, come quickly. It's always a quick prayer. Save me now. Can I get a witness? I'm drowning in desperation. I need you to show up right now. I need help right now. I need you to turn this thing around right now. I need you to heal me right now. Right now. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah began to pray. And then secondly, Jonah began to plead. Praying and pleading are two different things. See, praying is just getting the, the phone off the hook. But verse 2, Bruce, he starts pleading. I cried by reason of my affliction. And he heard me. No, I don't want to watch this, watch this, watch this. He heard me out of the belly of the great fish. Hmm. When you when you in hell, you want to know God can hear you. Can I get a witness? Uh, do I have a witness up in the house? See, some of y'all too cute to pray like that. But let trouble get you. Let the hellhounds get on your trail. Can I get a witness? You'll stop all this cute stuff. Do I have a witness? And here's when you stop the cute stuff. You don't try to pray with power. You pray in the promises. Lord, you said, when I get in trouble to call your holy name, Lord, you said that earth has no sorrow. Lord, you said that I would do far exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Lord, you said... In the day of trouble, call on my name. I don't have time to be cute. Can I get a witness? 
the marriage is in trouble, the money's in trouble, my mind's in trouble. Do I have a witness? I need some help right now. I need a right now God. I need a healing God. I need a hoping God. I need a God that's going to show up with power. Say yeah. My Lord. My Lord. I was driving down the highway. I was so depressed one day. I was driving down the highway. I said, Lord, uh, I'm so depressed. I'm only going to say this once. Help me. I couldn't even say in Jesus' name. Just help me. And I felt help on the way. I felt grace leave the throne. I felt mercy gliding down. I felt help. Do I have a witness? And in the nick of time, I feel like preaching now, at the right time, the Lord came by swoop me up turn my situation around planted my feet on a solid ground put joy in my soul a new song in my mouth say yeah he's worthy he's worthy he's worthy he's worthy to be praised Yeah, yeah, he prayed, he pleaded. Then he asked for God's pardon. That means he repented. Now let me stop pausing, Park. Because now you can get saved Uh through a bloodless sacrifice. Yeah. See, when you go to the book of Jude, it talks about the way And the doctrine of Cain, Cain bought God a bloodless sacrifice, and God rejected it. Isn't that right, Greg? Isn't that right? Abel killed the lamb, and God said in Hebrews, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Can I get a witness? And and so, child of God, that he... He repented. He changed his direction. He changed his mind. He changed his heart. And if the right things swallow you, you'll repent too. I'm not giving up sex. It feels too good. Let the right things swallow you. You'll give up sex the rest of your life. Let the right things swallow you. You'll lay down what you thought you couldn't lay down. Do I have a witness? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just can't. I can't part with this. Oh, you'll part with it. I just love. I know he's not saved. I just love him. Okay. Okay. Let, let the right thing swallow you. Can I get it? So you ain't been swallowed yet. Can I get a witness? Look, 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 child. We coming in, we coming in. Then not only did he pray, plea, and ask for God's pardon, but he promoted God. 7 through 10 in chapter 2. Are you with me? Look at verse 9. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of what? Thanksgiving, and I will pay that 
that I have vowed because salvation, uh-oh, is of the Lord. Did you get that? Salvation is not you coming to your senses. Salvation is not you deciding to do right. Salvation is of the Lord. Jesus said in John 15, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Can I get a witness? I'm tired of all these lies going around the church. Somebody, well, it's time for me to come in. You ain't come in. God drew you in. God snatched you in. And he didn't snatch you in until he snatched you out. He bought me out of a horrible pit. Can I get a witness? That's why I always tell you, he snatched me out of hell with smoke. Still in my garments. Check this out. Look at, look at the final point here. Jonah was <laughs> swallowed by resentment, submerged in refusal, but spared and left with a rebellion against God's worth. Now, <clears throat> chapter 3 is where he actually preaches. He goes to Nineveh because he had been what? Swallowed. See, the whale will change your mind. I, I, I keep telling the whale, things you said you wouldn't do, you'll do. Yeah. Well, the whale, the whale, the whale will change your mind. And, and you got these, these, you have these secular people who deal with science and say, well, I don't know if it's logical that a whale can swallow a man and a man can stay alive inside of a whale. And then you got these idiots in church who, who and yeah, they're idiots because they're illiterate to the word. You know, you got a point there. <laughs> Excuse me. God is not a logical God. God could have a roach swallow you. And the, listen, the space restrictions would not even come into play because God, who is God, can call into existence the impossible. Are y'all getting this? I want you, I want you to hear this. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to meet your logic. Do I have a witness? Here, here, here's the prophet Elijah in a, in a worldwide famine, no food, no water, but because he was faithful, God programmed a raven. Didn't he do it? And the raven picked up some meat. Probably some roadkill. I don't know where it came from. He, he picked up some meat and he took it to the prophet. Then he went back and swallowed some water and took it. Y'all ain't getting this. To the prophet, did Elijah thank the raven? No. Elijah thanked God who had summoned the raven. And right where you are this morning, there's needs in your life. God may not bring those needs directly to your hand, but he's got a roundabout way of blessing you. He's got a round 
about way of manifesting his love for you. He's got a round about way of securing you. That's why we praise him. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. Lord, I don't know when you're going to do it. Lord, I don't know whom, who you through you're going to do it. But God, I'm persuaded that you're going to do it. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. I'm, I'm getting out your way. I'm getting out your way. Get out your way. So we get to the fourth chapter. The boy preached in the third chapter. By the way, all these Gentiles got saved. All of these, amen, catastrophic people came to a saving knowledge. So chapter four says, but It, it what? Their salvation. Displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. I'm coming in now. Lord have mercy, I'm coming in now. You know, there's some things that uh, displeases us that ought to rather please us. There, there are some things, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, because this boy is camouflaging all over the place. Mm. See, his problem is forgiveness. And some of you sitting out there, your problem is forgiveness. And when you leave here today, here's, here's, here's the principle. By phone or in person, you need to release somebody that you holding hostage. Oh yeah, they hurt you. They said something against you. They did something against you. Could have been rape. Could have been abuse. Yeah. Could have been divorce. Could have been something. But you got to release them. And if you don't release them, God ain't going to bless you. He told Job, look Job, you got to go back and forgive your three so-called friends before I restore everything back into your hands. Do I have a witness? The Bible says in 1 Peter, husbands, be not bitter against your wives, lest your prayers be held up. Do I have a witness? See, life trials will either make you bitter or better. I'm preaching now, Doc. All of us are exposed to the same storms, the same warfare, the same trials and tribulations, but only those that are resting in Jesus Christ can, amen, allow themselves to come out better and not bitter. Check it out. I had, I got a letter two weeks ago from a lady who was a member here 20-something years ago. And she said, Pastor, I got to say this. If I offended you, forgive me. 
because I didn't mean to. And when I read the letter, I said, ah, what's she talking about? See, she was dealing with her conscience. It, it was no issue to me. She was dealing with her conscience. Are y'all getting this? And see, all of us are wounded. Amen. We, we, get, we get wounded in, in, our, in, our, in our love and affectional relationships. We get wounded in occupation. It's called occupation hazards. <laughs> we, get, we, get, we get wounded. Sometimes people step on your feet, don't mean to. Sometimes people don't know what to say. They say the wrong thing. They act the wrong way. We get, we get wounded. We get wounded. And, and, and every time you and I get wounded, we have to have a spirit-led, Lord have mercy, uh, 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 rationale so that we don't start building up bitterness. Are y'all getting this? Lord have mercy. That, that is, that is, child of God, that he, 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 he's angry with God. Now look at the fourth thing that God raised up, verse 7. Then the Lord said, doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city, sat on the east side of the city, there made him a booth, sat under it in the shadow of the heat, and, 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 and see what would become of the city. And the Lord prepared the boy a gourd, verse 6. Now what is a gourd? 12 foot, 12 foot plant to bring him shade. See God's mercy. He's angry with God for saving these people. So God said, you know what? Let me help this poor prophet. I'm going to give him some shade from the heat. Now listen to this now because I'm coming in. That it might be for a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad for what? The gourd. God came in his mercy and gave him a plant. Some comfort in his crisis. Then God said, nah, verse 7, so God prepared a worm to eat up the plant. <laughs> How many times look like God is giving us something and then boom, it goes. He killed the plant. Lord have mercy. And then God, the last thing he prepared, verse 8, he prepares a vehement east wind. That's hot. Desert wind to beat upon his head. Here's the three things I want to leave with you. Jonah dies bitter. Never reconciles. Here's the three reasons why God did all this. One, Jonah was a victim. Victims only see themselves. They don't see nobody else. Poor me, look at me. Life's been, life's been rough. What God? He's allowed me to get strung out on heroin or cocaine. My marriage didn't work. I filed bankruptcy. I lost everything. I'm bitter. Victims can't see past themselves. The second thing is values. 
his values were way out of whack. And God rebukes him in verse 9 when he says, you do well to be angry for the Lord. You, you got a nerve to care about a plant that you had nothing to do with. But you don't care about people who were going to hell. Lord have mercy. And sometimes when our values get topsy-turvy, God will strike down some of our comforts. So we have a burden and a passion for things we ought to have a burden and a passion for. Are you praying with me? Oh yeah, I got my issues. I got my wounds. I got, I got, I got, I got my health issues. I got my own mess. But I can't sit here and be a victim. Because if I go to any hospital, there's somebody who has lived better than me, but physically they're worse off than me. Can I get a witness? Somebody who was more faithful than me don't have a stomach. Ridden with cancer. Getting ready to die and they got a smile on their face. And here we are walking around. Coming here with mink stones and somebody else's hair. Help me, Holy Ghost. Coming in here with, amen, all of these clothes and jewelry and nails done. And come on now, Maybelline. Can I get a witness? The brothers got gasoline. We come in here with all this stuff and then ain't nobody driving no bicycle up here. Ain't no scooters out there in that parking lot. You got a nerve to have a car. And the problem with our parking lot is if husbands and wives came to church in the same car, we we would have more parking spaces. So now you're taking up two parking spaces, Sister Gordon. Now you're taking up two parking spaces in the name of Jesus. And you got a nerve to complain. You got a nerve to tell God you don't have enough. You got a nerve to be angry with God when he, Lord have mercy, didn't do what you asked him to do. So not only you're a victim, but your value system is all messed up. And then third, the voice of God has meant nothing to you. You can't hear him. You don't want to hear him. You refuse to hear him because you're hard-headed. You're self-pitying yourself. You're, you're, you're sitting back talking about, I earned this. I worked for this. This is mine. And the pastor's not going to tell me what to do. Who does he think he is? And you, you got all these attitudes. And listen to me, because I know what I'm talking about. This prophet dies bitter. And if you and I don't have our wounds repaired by the Holy Spirit, we're going to die bitter. But there was somebody who was wounded 
for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help me with my wounds. Heal my wounds. Don't hide my wounds. Don't let my wounds become a hindrance. I want you to help me with my wounds. So my fellowship with others is not fractured. My faith is not futile. Can I get a witness? Uh, Child of God, God wants to heal your wounds. And he wants to heal them this morning. But you got to confess that you're wounded. You got to confess that you're messed up. You got to confess that you need the Lord Jesus to come in as a surgeon and operate on your heart, on your mind, on your soul. Say, yeah, Lord, I'm sick, but thou art perfect, Lord. I need you right now. Heal me from the top of my head. Heal me to the bottom of my feet. Heal me. Heal my soul. Heal my heart. Heal my mind. Heal my will. Heal my wife. Heal me. In the name of Jesus. Now when you go out the door, you got to change the way you are. If you're shacking, turn the key in. Can I get a witness? If you're living out of wedlock, destroy it. Or you might get swallowed by a big fish. Can I get a witness? Y'all got kind of quiet on that one, didn't you? Let's stay on our feet. Hallelujah. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed, if you're here this morning... And you need to be saved, born again, blood washed, blood bought, name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, going to heaven. You need Jesus, Son of the living God, to save your soul. Just raise your hand. Be honest. Put your hand there. Come on, put your hands up. Put, come on, raise them. Put your hands up. If your hand is raised, meet me out front. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, Doc. Come on, brothers. Come on. Come on, your hands, balcony. Come on down. Come on, my brother. Love you, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's more. There's more. Come on. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. Come on. Come on. Praise Jesus. You want to you give your life to Christ? Young man. Hey, man. Right here. Stand right here. Praise Jesus. Come on, darling. We preach truth here. Love you, man. You're good in that grave. There another? I want you to just step out. There, there you go. Look at Jesus. Come on, come on, baby, come on. Step out. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you, baby. Look at this handsome young man. There another, come on. All right, let me start with the bus ministry. If you need to be saved, be honest with God. Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. If y'all ain't honest, you ain't gonna eat. Just, 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 just raise your hand. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Come on down here, brother. Come on. We love you, man. Praise Jesus. 
The Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. Come on, brother. Come, come on, baby. You come with it. You saved? You sure? All right, baby. Who else? You saved, brother? You want to come? You good? Anybody else want to be saved? Come on down. Come on down. Is there another? In the balcony? Downstairs? You want to join the church your Christian experience? You can come. Come right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Is there another? Is there another? Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. The Lord honors your honesty. Can you follow the ministers there, please? Cleve, come on. Lead them to Christ. Thank you, man. Thank you, brothers. Church, say amen. amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm wounded. And my wounds are affecting my wisdom, my worship, and my worth. God is in the business of healing wounds. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the book of Jonah that teaches us that God is a God of mercy and that we cannot walk away bitter with him, but we need to come to him in childlike faith, laying everything at his feet, knowing that he will heal our hearts, souls, and our minds. And we thank you for the souls that have been saved. Thank you for our young people. Thank you for our praise dancers. Thank you for our choirs, and thank you for those that have officiated this service. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, sweet communion, the blessed Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with each of us, both now and forevermore. Let church say amen. amen. If you're here for discipleship, come down front. We'll see you Wednesday. God bless you.